So welcome back to another episode of A Chat With Pat. Um, before we get into this episode, uh, please do not forget to follow us on Instagram, um, subscribe through the podcast, give us a like, slide in the DMs, give me some feedback. Um, all your support is very much appreciated. Um, and today I'm very much happily welcome, ah, greeting the probably the upcoming sandwich artist and king reviewer, uh, <laughs> Ross House, also known as Bane Sangers. Welcome back, mate. Hello. I mean, welcome back. I mean, yeah. welcome, welcome. welcome. Jeez, we, we tried. We tried a couple of weeks, a few times. Yeah, to for get a couple of times. We got here in the end. <laughs> <laughs> we did get here in the end. And we might make this episode your PR plug. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your we'll pub, take it. Yeah, your permanent residency plug. Yeah, that'll be it. As we might see, you're originally not Aussie. No, I am originally from the UK, from a... A town like 40 minutes south of London. Yeah. It's called uh, Luton or Luton. Oh, Luton Town. Yeah, if you <laughs> Luton, if you pronounce your T's properly. Um, <laughs> multiple times voted the worst place to live in the UK. So, um, <laughs> as you can uh, imagine, quite a rough upbringing. I was, I was mugged multiple times, jumped wow. multiple times. It's part of character building, isn't it, really, when you're growing up? Oh, <laughs> I know the feeling. I'm from Portland, so it's not too dissimilar. Oh, really? <laughs> if anyone knows. But, yeah, that, that's unreal. And, um, yeah, I'm so glad to have you here, mate. So I'm glad to be here, mate. Thanks yeah. for having me. So when did, you know, a bit more about that. Growing up in Luton, um, we don't want to get into the Sangers too much yet, yeah. but how did this, where, where did you start, grow up, and how was your upbringing, mate? Yeah, I, I guess, like, well, born in 89, so it's like a typical sort of 80s, 90s upbringing. Um kind of a family of, of five so me mum dad um an older sister and a younger sister yeah um and as i said like typical 90s 80s upbringing like it was mm. it was fun they gave us everything we needed but if we got out of line they gave us a bit of a smack so it was a <laughs> <laughs> typical sort of uh of, of 90s style parent in there but um yeah like grew grew up throughout luton well it's it, although it's luton it's like a little suburb just outside of it but because mm. it's so close i just say luton um but yeah, just, yeah, it's like a kind of went to school. I, I probably maybe considered as a, a special needs kid, yeah. I, I guess. I wasn't that great academically or, or socially, I guess. I was actually really shy, mm. um, very timid, didn't have much confidence as a kid. So growing up for me was, was I found quite a challenge. Um, take me off, I'm getting very warm. <laughs> um, but I, I guess where it started in terms of, like my journey in to put me in this position mm. now is I was a drama kid. Yeah. I studied drama at school and it was probably that food tech and PE were the only good things or yeah. the only things I was actually ever good at. Yeah. Um, so then I kind of just pushed myself into those sort of things. Um, messed around for a, a long time in school. Uh, I flunked all my exams. <laughs> I didn't do very well at all. Um, and then... As I kind of progressed out of school, I kind of just, I guess I was a, a bit of a loser. Or like I was just doing warehouse jobs. I didn't really know where my life was going. Um, and then my sister, who's a teacher, she um, reached out to me. She was like, oh, um, do you want to do this job as a teacher, teaching assistant? So I did it for like a year. And I wasn't very good at it at all. <laughs> <laughs> I was... Um, I was I was not great with the kids. I just had no authority whatsoever. And then as so I kind you of you were probably one of the kids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And then as I kind of like progressed um, into that, I was just like, right, I'm not very good at this. What can I do? And I fell into what I do now, which is like sales and recruitment. Mm. Um, 
So I messed around for a little a little while on different jobs, kind of made my way to London, um, which probably was a bad decision. Like now looking back, because it it, it put me in a really bad place mm. in in my life. But again, I don't regret any of the decisions that I made because mm. if I didn't, I wouldn't be here and I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing right now, which is the happiest mm. ever been. But um, yeah, moved to London, did some recruitment there for a little while. Um, and then decided that I hadn't seen the world at all. So I was like, right, what can I do next? Um, so I travelled America for like a summer, I think. Mm. And then during that summer holiday with my friend, he was like, oh, do you want to go to Melbourne? I was just like, yeah, why not? Sound, sounds good. Um, I booked my flight, quit my job while I was away. And then, uh, yeah, got to D-Day, flying. He pulled out. I came on my own. So no I had way. like, I, yeah. <laughs> I had, um, well, he had a good enough reason. His mum got really sick. Oh, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, kind of uh, left me in the lurch. But at the same time, although it sounds quite bad, I'm, I'm glad it happened because I don't think I would have pushed myself into the, uh, the situations that I needed to push myself into to mm. kind of make friends and get a job and kind of experience things that I needed to. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so then kind of fast forward a couple of years, obviously COVID happens. Um and I'd jump around a couple of new jobs, and then yeah, I'm sitting on this couch right now. It's <laughs> <laughs> incredible. It's take That's, incre- That's okay, right? Um, so I guess it's kind of funny how you mentioned how traveling makes you sink or swim in a way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you, you had a mate just flee, yeah, and you're, you're in Australia, and you're saying you're forced to make these new connections mm. with people in a town or city that's like Melbourne. Yeah. I mean, what other things are like traveling? How old were you when you left? I'm um, 34. Right yeah. page of 34. <laughs> <laughs> did, that, uh, did that force you to make as well, other than just forcing a single swim and be independent? Um, I, I guess for me, I was, I was when I was working in London, I had, um, had a, a young boss mm. at the time, um, really successful and I really respected him. Don't uh, don't tell him that because uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna get a big head. But um, he he sat me down while I was at work, and he was just like, "Look, Ross, you're doing really well, but your life's going nowhere. Mm. Like you're not gonna achieve anything. Like you haven't travelled, you haven't seen anything in the world." And he almost kind of like forced me to go because yeah. I was quite comfortable plodding along, making terrible decisions in my life, yeah. <laughs> and just coping. I think that's what it was like. Kind of seeing that I was just coasting through life, not really knowing what to do. And they're like, we'll maybe get to this a little bit later, but like the London lifestyle can consume you yeah. in the wrong ways. And I was a big victim of that. Mm. Um, so I almost felt a little bit trapped in London. I didn't know where my life was going. Um, and then it was his conversation that was just like, look, it was always in my head when I was traveling. I was like, oh, I need to do this more. Mm. And then when my friend was like, oh, let's go to Melbourne. I was like, yeah, I didn't even think about yeah. it. Whereas old me would have been like, absolutely not. I've got my set routine at home. I can't waver from it. Mm. Um, you almost just get so used to the mundane in a way and yeah. the routine because it, it feels safe for the time. Yeah. And, you know, oh, what, what harm am I doing? Or, mm. you know, I'm still making a good wicket and mm. going along. Um, how did London, I guess, you talked about grab you and, you know, really make you to make those bad decisions? In yeah. what ways was that, Ross? Do you mind sharing? Um, no, I don't mind sharing at all. Mm. I, I guess we, we can kind of lean into that sort mm. of... Um, and a mental health piece a little yeah. bit later. But for me, when I moved to London, it was more of a case, because I don't, I've got ADHD. So for mm. me, I get bored of things very easily. I've got mm. a terrible attention span. Um, so when I'm in a, a job or a location for, it's usually a two year mark. Mm. I'm like, right, I've had enough. I want to yeah. try something new. 
Um, my friend was living in London. He was like, oh, I love it here. It's great. So I moved to London. But what I didn't realise is he was like a social butterfly. I knew absolutely everyone and I never mm. saw him. So I've, c- I've come to London to try and fit in. And like the usual London lifestyle is sex, drugs, rock and roll sort yeah. of thing. And I, with, with ADHD, it's, it's a dopamine deficiency. So if you get, it can be a positive or a negative. You can get addicted to good dopamine, Mm. you get addicted to bad dopamine. Unfortunately, I went down a path where I was doing things that I I shouldn't have been doing, Mm. partaking in activities that I shouldn't have been doing, and then slowly and surely, I was uh, in a very bad financial situation, fueling those habits. Um, And I didn't really know where to go from there. Um, it It was really difficult period of and I don't like asking for help that's probably my worst trait is <laughs> if I'm in trouble I, I try and sort it out myself so instead of just speaking to the bank and asking for a different sort of payment system I went and got five or six credit cards paid it all off yeah. and then put them all onto another credit card and then started playing off with that credit card and then before I know it, I'm in crippling debt I've got a drug habit I'm addicted to everything that you can think of um so it was a real it was it was like a baptism of fire with London and I was only I'd only been there a year and a half. Um so that took me into scenarios where like my my mum will kill me for saying this, mm-hmm. but I started selling drugs as well. Yeah. Um because I didn't have any other s- sort of income. I was obviously working and getting a wage there, but that money was going straight out of my account into the credit cards mm-hmm. or whatever I had left, I was fueling my uh, my habits. So any other sort of money I could get, I was doing it by selling drugs at the parties I was at. Yeah. Um, and they always said, don't get high on your own supply. Silly. I was I was doing that as well. So that's how London consumed me. And the re- only reason that it consumed me, because I'm a bit of a people pleaser. Mm. I like to be liked. Well, at the time I did. Now I don't give a shit. I, as you can <laughs> probably tell my content, I yeah, don't care sure. at all. Um, but at the time, I didn't have any friends. Um I didn't really have a social life, didn't have a girlfriend, uh, didn't really have a very good self-esteem. So I uh, I did absolutely anything and everything to make people like me and that came to the point where I was like just lying about stuff to make myself seem interesting. Um, perfect example or an explanation of it is, have you seen The Inbetweeners? Yeah, yeah, I love it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So do you know Jay Cartwright? The yeah, one who, yeah. Like that was literally me. Like yeah. I would just, <laughs> the most utter bullshit that would come out of my mouth. <laughs> Just so I would seem, like, in my opinion, cool to people and I'd be mm. accepted. But slow, slowly but surely, people started to see through that and, and would have their opinions of me, or so I thought. And then that would obviously then lean into the insecurities and then I'd try and find any sort of coping through that sort of drug habit or drinking, yeah. going out all the time and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, that that's, that's what London did to me. Mm. Um, and then another part of the reason for moving to Australia is... I was actually listening to a podcast, and I can't remember what it was, and it said that if you want to make a change and change your life, mm. you need to get be away from the people that know you because they'll always have that perception of you, mm. and they'll always bring you back to that person that who you are, so they'll undermine you, they'll make you feel the same way that you always, they've always made you feel. And I thought, where, where can I go? I was, so I was thinking like Manchester or somewhere in the UK, and I just thought, no, let's try somewhere completely different. Came to... Melbourne and I've created the life that I've always wanted. Yeah. So yeah, here we are. <laughs> Looking back, do you feel like pretty like proud of yourself? I, I am, I yeah. am, I am. But there's like recently there's been a, a situation with myself where I've kind of creeped back into yeah. those bad habits. But 
I got I got like a debilitating neck injury. Yeah, so right. I had like four uh, bulging discs in my neck. So I wasn't able to sleep for like seven, eight months. Um, like it, it probably attributed to me losing my job because my performance was really poor. Yeah. I was miserable. Like my missus nearly left me. Um, yeah, just really, really dark place. And then again, I was back into those old sort of habits of trying to cope because I couldn't train, I couldn't sleep. And when you take away the two things that I absolutely love mm. doing, <laughs> it was really hard to find any sort of joy in life. So I uh, ended up going back to the drugs, unfortunately. I was drinking more than I usually was. I was started, I started vaping, which is disgusting. Yeah. Um, and just trying to find ways to cope through the pain. Yeah. Um, started getting addicted to the prescription drugs they were giving me as well. Yeah. Um, and then eventually I started seeing a specialist and mm. obviously now the neck's all sorted and I'm sleeping again now. So it's trying to just break those old sort of habits that I've been mm. known to make when I get stressed too much, I yes. guess. Yeah. When it, um, when in ways of dealing with your coping strategies yeah. and things and supports, I mean, what were some of the things you looked for? Like, did you go counselling? Was it? Yeah, yeah. So that that's how my ADHD diagnosis yeah, came out, actually. Um, that, yeah. So when I was in London, and there was a there was a, like a really that that dark period when it was coming to. So yeah, I was about to ask, was this in the middle of? All yeah. That stuff? Yep. So uh, there was there was a point where I was just like, I am going to kill myself. Yeah. I need some help, um, and. I won't talk through the situation that pushed me to that because it probably made me quite emotional because I'm really ashamed of myself for what I did. Um, but I, uh, the following day, I kind of looked past that and was like, what was I doing? Rang uh, a therapist that was recommended for me to call. Mm. Um, she asked to come see me straight away because I was kind of seen as a high alert um, patient. Uh, went and sat down with her and... I was sitting there and I just was fidgeting loads and I couldn't sit still. And like, you'll see me on the camera. I'm just constantly moving. moving. And she went, have you ever been diagnosed with ADHD? And I was just like, no. She was just like, have you got, are you quite hyperactive? And I was like, yeah. So we started talking through all these sorts of things. And she said, I don't think you're depressed, Ross. I think you've got ADHD. Because the, um, the highs of ADHD, which the positives, which everyone kind of, looks at as ADHD, jumping around the room, high mm. energy, always like the social buff, like that sort of thing. But people don't understand that the lows of ADHD are like crippling depression. Yeah. It's like you can't get out of bed. You don't want to see people. And the only way that you can kind of counteract those um, negatives of it is just like kind of taking care of your body, being healthy. Mm. Um, you can take medication, but I found I find that quite mind-numbing. It yeah. doesn't. It takes away my personality. Yeah. Um, so that those sort of kind of um, approaches to um, kind of working through that was was counselling. I was I really pushed myself into the gym a lot. I really valued my my uh, diet and and supplementing is something that I've really kind of pushed into now. Massive into biohacking because yeah, um, I just refuse to take medication unless I'm in absolute agony. Yeah. With with some people can take ADHD medication and it it works. It yeah. works really well. But for me, it just took away my personality. It made me write really docile. Mm. And I didn't want to kind of go through that process of elimination with different um, different medications. Because the first one I had was Ritalin. Yeah, it's like this big trial and error. You're like this test dummy in a way. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, I don't want it to have a negative effect on my body if I keep trying these things for like six mm. weeks. They're not working. They've got to try a different one. Um, and taking Ritalin was like taking cocaine. It was mm. awful. So I just 
completely stopped taking it and just really pushed myself into kind of finding out like I started fasting for a little bit that really helps um yeah just making sure that all kind of getting the vitamins minerals that I need as as well um something that's really uh, good for me is um do you watch uh, Andrew Huberman yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the kind of talks about testosterone is a massive thing for um, men with ADHD as well because we naturally have lower testosterone as well. So he talks about the different sort of gut health um, processes that you need to take in your sleep yeah. and stuff. So I really kind of pushed myself into that way. It sounds like you really educated yourself in managing it. Do you know where I've learned the most? Yeah, from TikTok. <laughs> I've, I've, that is fair. Yeah, yeah like I've I've learned more from TikTok than I have from any counselor. Yeah. any person who's like a professional with ADHD because mm. I sometimes sit there and I feel like they're like taking the piss out of me yes. like really and making me f- sound like I'm stupid Yeah, but I know how my body works I know what works for me and I'm always up for trying something new mm. and if I see someone on TikTok and I'm like oh that has that that's me mm. I'll give that a try and, and it goes and works yeah. so yeah I've I've learned more from TikTok than I have from from anywhere Imagine else. All the teenagers and high school kids just arming themselves with that bit. Like yeah, <laughs> <laughs> clip that. Saying <laughs> <laughs> so I've oh, I've got a PhD in TikTok. Yeah, TikTok. No, nah, but that, that's great. That's yeah. great. You really learned to understand yourself and load yourself with some education as mm. well. Mm. And then going into that, I know you mentioned before about how you know the things you love are like sleep and training, but. Is it now also eating sandwiches? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's funny that my journey with food wasn't always a good one. Yeah. Um, you mentioned food tech before you loved it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, my mum tells this story all the time that I was the fussiest eater she's ever met. <laughs> and my mum's a midwife, so she meets a lot of children. Yeah. Um, and all I would eat was fi- uh, chicken nuggets, fish fingers, oh, and chips. A beige that that kid. Yeah. Beige kid. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. Just beige food. No <laughs> vegetables. Um, and I would like get into arguments with her. She'd be like, right, if you don't eat that, then you, uh, or you don't eat dinner, you, go to, you can go to bed. So I'd go to bed. So I was like, se- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was severely malnourished as a kid. Like we'd have to go to the doctor every two weeks because I was just very underweight. Wow. So my, um, my food journey started really poorly. Um, so... <laughs> As I kind of got older um, and started kind of watching like food mm. channels, there was a show called Ready Steady Cook. Oh yeah, with Ainsley Harriet. Tomatoes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I love that. Ready Steady cool. Cook uh, <laughs> with Ainsley Harriet, and literally it blew my mind. And it wasn't yeah. necessarily just the food; it was Ainsley himself. He was just like <laughs> so charismatic. He was so funny. Mm. Like, everybody loved him, and I watched him. I was just like, oh, he's so cool. And then obviously the the caveat to that was the the, the food and, mm. and stuff. And I, I started to really get into my food there. So I took food tech in school. Um, my mum's a baker. My nan was a really good baker as well. So there's like kind of baking and cooking in my family. Um, and then also kind of like making family dinners. Like Christmas is a huge event mm. in the Howes and Briggs family um, tree. It's like a... Have you seen like the Grinch where it's just like a massive table <laughs> yeah, of food? It's yeah, literally yeah. like that. It's just tables and tables of food with all these different things. But even kind of up until I was maybe like 16, I was still a really fussy eater. It was mm. just like chicken, potatoes, rice. Yeah. All that sort of like bro split sort of <laughs> food. Um, but then it, I didn't really start kind of trying new and exotic foods, I guess. Like, would you say capsicums are exotic? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't really try kind of exploring my palate until I was maybe like in my early 20s yeah. like it's, it's crazy now and like my love of food and sandwiches w- has, has come from kind of like 
making lasagna sandwiches out of garlic bread (laughs) 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 or like uh, my dad would make shepherd's pie or cottage pie and he'd bring two slices of white bread out and I'd just put it in a sandwich (laughs) and I'd just munch it. My dad was the same. We'd just put anything in dinner, just get two, uh, you know, pieces of white bread and just put that in it. Yeah. Like no matter what. No matter what. And um, like we'd have like Sunday roast and Mm. mum would make these giant Yorkshire puddings. You know what Yorkshire pudding is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I've been a naughty Nancy's. Yeah, yeah. Their roast is nuts. (laughs) So it's like these massive uh, um, Yorkshire puddings and I'd make sandwiches out of them. So we'd get... Two Yorkshire puddings, roast potato, chicken, whatever it is. <laughs> and then I'd just dip it in the gravy and I'd just eat with my hands. I rarely ate with my knife and fork mm. at the dinner table. But like that's probably where it all stemmed from. Yeah. And then as I kind of grew up, I'd always wanted to have some form of sandwich-related business. Like I got fired from my job once for looking at food vans because I wanted to start my own sandwich van. Mm. So it, it's always been ingrained in me that I will eventually have something like that yeah um, and i guess that's where the, the sandwiches have come into play and why i review them <laughs> <laughs> why like i know like i know i just said like you said why you've gotten into sandwiches mm. but what for you just makes a great sandwich like what are the key components when you go and eat it, like rocco's yeah, yeah. And you judge it off I, I like so i look at a couple of different things really <laughs> there because i get a lot of stick for this for my <laughs> scoring like people think it's either too generous or it's it's too cruel but like the the first thing that I look at is obviously price to portion ratio ratio. Oh, because at the moment it's extortionate some of the prices <laughs> these sandwich shops are selling. Like I went and had one the other day, it was twenty four dollars for like a sandwich about this big. It was off its tits, but it was it like it was really expensive. So I look at price to portion race ratio and that usually takes knocks a lot of points off because mm. it just doesn't match up in terms of size and the and the price that you're paying. Then obviously it's presentation. You get points for decent presentation because you eat with your eyes at the end of the day. Mm. If it doesn't look nice, you're not going to eat it. Mm. Um, and then obviously the most important one is is taste and texture. I'm a massive texture fiend. Like mm. If something is very one-dimensional, I will not enjoy it. Yeah. Like I had one sandwich the other week. It was like fish fingers, chips, and tartar sauce, which sounds incredible. <laughs> but it was just all sog dog. It weren't... It was just all very one-dimensional, yeah. mushy, mushy, mushy. And I was just like, yeah, it tasted okay, but it was just, there was nothing to it. There was nothing that took me to a different place. So I look for good texture that accompanies the taste as well. I think something that is like a good mixture of sweet, salty, spicy, and maybe a bit of crunch in there as well, that that to me is like a, a perfect sandwich. And I am a sucker for a toasted sandwich as well. Oh, like yeah. If you've got a nice brown, golden toasted edges and a bit of cheese... Mm perfect to me yeah. so yeah that that to me is uh to sums got, it up I've really got so much i want to unpack there yeah the listeners will be thinking because the the first thing you said is like the price point yeah it's like i've always had this massive theory it's like you can't really appreciate something that's like you know 20 25 yeah, bucks yeah. unless you've eaten like me green yeah for a day and put that in sandwich or yeah. if you've you know get a shitty domino's pizza which people will think of pizza but still hits the spot in yeah. different ways compared to like the best pizza in Melbourne. Exactly. And I think sandwiches are a prime example yeah. of that as well. 100%. It's like, and then you say, like, the Jaffle, the old Jaffle maker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were still, I can't believe they're dying out. But there's there's loads of Jaffle spots in the <laughs> yeah. city. Uh, they're like, they're, they're, they're hard to come by if you, if you know where to look. <laughs> <laughs> what, and then, so banging sandwiches, when did that actually, because you said you always wanted to make sandwiches. Yeah. And like, you always kind of wanted to do something, but where did content creation kind of fall into that? Um, so the, the content creation actually started back in the UK. Um, oh. so I was, I was, uh, obsessed with YouTube and Vine. Is mm. like, oh, yeah. that, <laughs> like I was 
like it had me hooked. Like Vine, I was literally just stuck to my phone constantly. But my um, kind of content creation inspiration was like watching Vine and YouTube and thinking, I can do that. Like, yeah. uh, I can put a spin on things. What do I like to do? I've always loved making people laugh. Mm. It's just something that I've, I've really enjoyed making people happy and making people smile and, and just making their day a little bit better. Mm. Um, but at the same time, I love food. So when I was, I think, 22, 21, living with my friend in an apartment in in Luton or Dunstable, and uh, I started something called Cooking with Ross. <laughs> and it, terrible name, I know. Um, but, or CWR, as, as, the, as the fans back home would call it. Um, and it started on Snapchat, of all, th- all places. And I started just making terrible recipes. But in between, like, you know, with Snapchat, you get, like, 10 seconds, and then it's the next yeah. one. So it would be, like, 10-second slides, and I'd do a terrible recipe. And then in between that slide, I'd maybe, like, run across the room half-naked or do something <laughs> really, like, obscure or have some form of, like, comedy skit in between. And they'd be about a minute long. And it started to get a bit of traction and it started to do really well. And then I moved it to Facebook. Um, and at the time, like you could pay for pay for ads yeah. and then you'd get mad engagement. I think I paid for one ad. I got like 200k f- uh, views. Oh, yeah. Crazy amount of likes. I got like 7k followers on my Instagram. What was, was the video? Uh, it was just like, oh, what was it? I, I, that was it. I was, I was making like a, 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 f- a deep fried steak or something like that. It was a terrible <laughs> recipe, but... My friend, I recruited him to be like a mail order man or something like that. <laughs> so he comes, I, like the doorbell goes off and I like run off to the door, open the door. And he's, <laughs> he's sitting in my, my bin, like my, well, I've crushed him into the bin and then he like busts out the bin and he's wearing a Hulk Hogan costume. So it's like a really ridiculously stupid, like childish humor, but it was funny to me. So I'll always kind of, if I find it funny, I think someone else out there is going to find it funny. Yeah. And, um, started to get a bit of traction. There was some, like, collaborations in the pipeline for... Mm. Do you know a guy called Joe Wicks? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Joe, the so, um, healthy chef? Yeah, the yeah, healthy chef. So I did a... Body coach, whatever. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah. So I did a um, a mock of his sort of <laughs> lean in 15, but I did beans in 15. So <laughs> I made some baked beans, threw them on a piece of bread, and then I did his little slogan. He saw it and was like, oh, we should we should connect and, and <laughs> hook up. And in the, we, we didn't in the end, unfortunately, because um, I kind of fell out of love with the whole... Um, content creation thing mm. down to trolls mainly um, oh, wow. cuz I, I was still quite young I'd never done it before and people around my local town um some were really receptive and some were actually quite cruel about it really like even my own friends would like mock me about it mm. and I just couldn't understand like these are like my friends these are like people I've grown up with and they're not really being that supportive mm. um so it really had a negative effect on me and I couldn't really handle it so I stopped doing it um which I regret because I know if I kept at it it could be something really big or what I've hoped it would have it would have been. So that's where the content creation thing started. I always knew I wanted to do something again or bring it back. But I I guess nowadays you have to have that kind of niche where yeah, you're sure. specific to that. You can't just do something that everybody else is doing unless mm. you're really special. Um, so one of my friends, we were sitting in a car and we were eating some sandwiches and he was just like, we should record ourselves doing this one day. Like, and then we, because we talk about sandwiches all the time. Um, he's like, oh, let's go here, let's go there, da, 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 da. And then so one day we just filmed ourselves eating. And I've always enjoyed editing. Like, I'm a massive fan of um, videography and mm. editing and cinematography. Like, I love making things look really sh- slick and, yeah. and fast cut and, and fun and engaging. Well, I hope I do anyway. Um, 
so that that was my role, um, and he was a photographer. And then when he's when he's because my my ADHD brain will see the end goal before yeah. the before the rest the of the steps. Step. So I've I've seen the potential in it and gone. This could be massive. Like this, like could be something on Netflix in ten years mm. time, uh, where we're going around doing a, a segment of different places in the world or something like that. And he's like, "Oh, relax. This is just like a bit of fun. Like we're just gonna go eat a sandwich and post about it." And I was just like, "No, I wanted to do this. Wanted to do this. Wanted to do that." And then he just kind of stepped away and was just like, "It's too much work for me. I've got too much on." I was like, "That's fine." So he stepped away and I just did it on my own. So then I just kind of like started recruiting all my friends and my <laughs> missus and like, and then it started to just gain some traction. I didn't think it would it it would have grown as quick as it as it has. It definitely has because I, I I know it's really difficult to grow on Instagram now. So mm. I just thought, oh, I'll put a video out there and it will get maybe a couple of likes. I put one video out once, it got like thirty k views, and it was like my fourth video, and I was like, fucking hell, people do like sandwiches <laughs> in Melbourne, don't they? <laughs> so um, yeah, I get and and that's what kind of motivates me is knowing that the content's good. Um, because I'll watch it and I'll second guess myself yeah, and 100%. think that's not good. I don't like that. Or if I don't laugh, it, I don't think it's funny. So I'll get the missus, who's usually mm. my uh, my confidant, yeah. checking if it's any good or not. And if she gives me a couple of giggles or laughs, and I know it's good. Um, but if I put something out and it doesn't ne- necessarily get many views or it doesn't really hit, I'm like, oh, so maybe they don't like the content. Yeah, or you take it almost personally. You take it yeah. almost personally. But then, then like someone had a chat with me the other week. He's a, a big foodie influencer. He's like, "Look, why do you do this?" I was like, "Because I want to make people laugh. I, mm. I, I want to give people good in content and good information." He's just like, "So drop your ego yeah. and just keep doing that." He's like, nice. "If you if you're doing it for likes and for views, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Mm. So you need to kind of just strip it all back and and, and do what's important to you. Mm. Because at the end of the day, I want to have." some form of food related business or sandwich related food business and this is just giving me the sort of subject knowledge i guess towards Mm. being able to do that how have you found kind of i guess the other part reaching out like for me like reaching out to guests yeah i've always found somewhat the most nerve-wracking because people say no yeah it's like oh you may not be big enough or you take that ego into it yeah i mean how do you go about like reaching out to um sandwich places and um, businesses like that in connecting with them i think with sandwich places they're always really open yeah because it's just free advertising for them yeah. at the end of the day and i've and, and not to kind of toot my own horn or sound big head or anything they always say to me we love your videos it's the best type of advertising that we could don't have to pay for yeah um because it's short it's engaging it's funny and it, and it gets to the point um so most of the time they do reach out to me or if something's new and it pops up, I'll message them and say, hey, when, when can I come in? And they're usually quite receptive to come back to me. There are some people who don't want me to come in because <laughs> they're terrified of what I might say. Um, mm. Because I don't sugarcoat it. If I don't like it, I'll be mm. honest. Um, but I'll try and do it in a constructive way. And there's a bit of that in the culinary world still. Like Even though you know, it's a sandwich, but it's still a culinary world. Exactly, as well. exactly. But at the end of the day, I'm not trying to do it to put them out of business. Mm. I'm doing it for the consumer. For the, yeah. for the If they want to get people through the door... At the end of the day, they need a good product and it needs to be consistent. And that's the most important thing to the consumer. If I go there and I give something a 4.8 and they go and taste it and they're like, it was absolutely shit. Like it's, it, it's not consistent. Yeah. So what I used to do was reach out to, pe- to, to places and just say I was coming. But that would almost give them the leg up and be like, right, we need, yeah. to, be, we need to be on top of this today because mm. Ross is coming in um, sort of thing. Um, but now I just don't say anything. I just mm. turn up. Who's um, that? Oh, sorry. Who's that? Um, he's that uh, tattooed like Lebanese guy. 
Oh, yeah. I know. You. Uh, yeah, that's the one. He, I think he's a couple of him. He just doesn't bring the cameras in, so he knows that when he's going in there, that you know he's just getting a normal mm. like, service or yeah. anything like that from just like just say this random kebab shop in yeah. Sydney. Like, and that's a little bit what you're saying with the consistency as yeah. well with the product. Cause you c- yeah, you kind of have to. Because um, yeah. there's like, like there, there's a couple of tips for you guys. <laughs> um, never go to a sandwich shop when it first opens because it's just so inconsistent. <laughs> it won't be as good as you want it to be. Wait like three, four weeks because that's when they've got the system in place. Because most of these guys don't do soft launches. They just break out to market because mm. they just want their investors want... To go Soft start, launch. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, they, they start making money and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, I always say to, I never go to a sandwich place when it's just open. It's just a stupid idea because I know I'm going to give it a bad rating because it's just not going to be to standard. Um, where was I going with this? I've lost a bit. Yeah, lost about a few tips. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. and then um, with, with like the camera sort of thing, I will go in and just say, hey, I'm reviewing some sandwiches today. Um, I do it outside because the lighting's better. Mm. Um, and a lot of them are receptive. A lot of them are like, oh, shit, sort of thing. <laughs> um, but then you'll be surprised, like, when I say I'm reviewing sandwiches, how shit they come out. <laughs> <laughs> um, I went to a place the other day, and I was shocked how bad it was. Mm. And I, I actually had a, had a conversation with the, the, the owner. Um, about 20 minutes before I got there. I was like, yeah, yeah, you're going to be there. It's like, no, 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 I'm not, but look, uh, this girl will look after you sort of thing. Yeah. All came out cold. Um, it hadn't really been cooked properly. And uh, he asked me, I was just like, mate, it was it was, it was, shit. And he was just like, oh, it's because I'm not in the kitchen sort of thing. Mm. So it really depends on if the main person who created the menu's there as well. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a, there's a sandwich, I, I won't name the name because I don't <laughs> want to get in trouble, but there's a, there's a sandwich kind of chain now which have been like McDonald's-sized, I guess, if you want. Subway? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> but they're, they're kind of, I think they want to move into that sort of thing, that, that way. Um, and when they first opened, fantastic sandwiches, like yeah. really, really good. But I went in there a couple of weeks ago and it was just all like teenagers, like, sort of McDonald's sort of style just pumping stuff out there was no love there was no character in there and that's where the quality comes from when there's people who are passionate about it in the kitchen Mm. like you look at Hector's Deli for example like very overrated by the way Um, (laughs) but the guy who owns Hector's or is one of the the owners you can tell he absolutely loves what he does Mm. and it reflects in the food and he'll have people like like the, the movie The Founder, where they'll get different people who love and are passionate about it, and they'll have one in every branch. Mm. So their food is consistent, and that's why they're one of the big players in the business because they are consistent. Yeah. Um, and that and that's th- uh, well, I don't know what I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> about their food being consistent. Yeah, and, and that and that's that's the most important thing I think for any sort of aspiring deli or cafe that want to do that sort of sandwich thing, mm. y- you have to have a really good product and you have to be consistent. Who's been the best sandwich you've ever had, like in Melbourne? In Melbourne? So far. One I can't get out of my head at the moment is a place called <laughs> Jolly Good Sandwiches. And it's in Fitzroy. Yeah. The North seem to have it. The North pack. have some slapping sandwiches. Yeah. They have some great sang spots. Um, and they're popping up all over the place. But Jolly Good is by a, a former... I think he's a head chef or a sous chef mm. of uh, Matilda, I think. I might have got that wrong, but he makes... Uh, have you seen The Bear? Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 it's yeah. crazy how you see like these esteemed chefs going yeah. to sandwiches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Because it's just like... They, they, that's what most chefs like eating. They yeah. like eating just easy food. Yeah. 
and he makes like a roast beef dip, like the one in the bear, and it's unbelievable. <laughs> it's like m- medium rare beef, like this really crusty chia batter roll. Mm. Uh, it's got pickles, cheese, but they get, then it comes with this this jus. Yeah, like oh, a French onion dip. Oh, it's yeah. unreal, and it's just literally like it's the perfect winter sandwich. It just yeah. blows your head off. Um, that's probably my favourite at the moment. Yeah. It changes all the time, just depending on my tastes. Mm. Um, the one I went to the other day, Rocco's, their meatball. I've been wanting to go there for a while. Very, very good. So expensive, <laughs> but very, very, very good. Uh, $24 for a meatball sub yeah. is actually a piss take. But, um, <laughs> oh, so they're <laughs> the ones you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but that, that one's a very good meatball sub. Um, there's a place called Stephani, Stefanio Panino. I've been wanting to go there out west. I they're send that to they're like they're like yeah Brunswick work. sort of way I think yeah um, oh, no, oh I'm thinking of another one yeah I yeah, think you might be thinking of a, di- a different yeah. one but Stefanino Panini yo I think yeah. it's called they're like cold cut meats Stefanino like, Panino that's the one yeah. yeah um it's like cold cut meats but the quality is unbelievable like they're New York deli yeah but it's yeah. cheap as well it's not like it's super expensive so mm. like the value is great um. But there's one like out in St Albans or is it Caroline Springs? Like my, I got a friend who lives out there, so I went and visited him. And there's this donut shop called Pex Road, yeah. And it's the most unbelievable, like thick cut Reuben meat. It was just like so crunchy. It just had every sort of element you want. Well, that I like in a sandwich. Mm. That's like up there with one of my favorite sandwiches. Is that as well. was that with Canning Zachary? That is yeah, Canning yeah, Zachary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So so what's that the other day? Yeah. So he's um he's a good friend of mine. Like um I knew him from when he was like no followers, and now he's <laughs> now he's literally just gone boof. But um yeah that that. That Pex Road Ruben is, is is one of the best. Like I can mm. talk about individually which ones I really like, but the yeah. ones that stand out for me is is jolly good just because every sandwich is like really consistent mm. and they're all above a four in my opinion. Um Jimmy's deli is pretty good. Yeah. Um but again it's that consistency piece. Sometimes mm. it's very good, sometimes it, it just isn't. Um so they're but they're a guilty pleasure of mine. Like I'm always craving something from there. Um, obviously the Stefani, you know, I can't even say it. <laughs> what else? What else? What else? Mm. Like I'm gonna get a lot of hate for this, but I I don't rate Hector's as yeah, much. Yeah, you said as that before. I don't rate it as much as everyone says. That. Yeah, like the beef and pickles, very good. Yeah, I've had. I but the rest of them on. just aren't as consistent as the beef and pickles. And I'm not sure if the beef and pickles was their first ever sandwich. Mm. I think the chicken might have been. But I've had the chicken four times now, and I've been sick every single time. <laughs> So yeah. it's it's just not it's ju- it ju- that just doesn't it doesn't go well with me that one. Mm. Um, but yeah, like I I love their whole vibe. Like I love what they've achieved, and it's something that I aspire to be. Yeah. But again, it's that consistency piece as well. Like whenever I talk about a, spe- a specific a specific sandwich from there, yeah. I get so many people messaging me saying the same thing. So it's not I'm not alone. I'm not alone. Yeah. <laughs> have, you had, have you had people after reviews message you or businesses about the sandwich yeah. and say, "No, nah, you've got." It. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. What's been the gnarliest one? Um, so I was there's a place uh, I could say I don't really care. They can't see <laughs> me. Um, there's a place called Mofo Canteen <laughs> in Nelsonwick. Yeah. Slapping fur or fur or however you say it or yeah. fo or po or whatever you want to call it. Um, so good. And the missus and I go all there all the time. But they do really good barn mees as well. Mm. Um, so we were on the way to the footy or something like that. And we just wanted to grab a quick bite. So we went to MoFo. And I ordered every barn mee that they had. <laughs> uh, so the beef was okay. Everything, and then we got the chicken. The driest mm. chicken I've ever had. Like the, There was no moisture. There was no flavour. 
And I gave it the lowest score they've ever given something. So they messaged me and there was like any derogatory um, words towards Mofo Canteen would be seen <laughs> with legal action. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, hold on a minute. Can you actually do that? Like, because it's like, it's my content. Like, like all the most you can do is get it taken down. Mm. But yeah, nothing happened from it. But that's probably the gnarliest message that I've had is uh, <laughs> take it down or we'll sue you. <laughs> yeah. uh, but that is, yeah, it's funny how tribal people get over food too. Oh. <laughs> there's the, and, but the thing is, like, I'm like a massive fan of Jimmy's Deli, as yep. I've said, out in Yarraville. There's people that hate it. Mm. And I'm really protective of them because like, they're really good to me. Not like they didn't give me any money or anything like that. I just like, I, I love the family vibe. The beautiful Greek family. They've got mm. the restaurant next door. And I just love them as people. And I love the community that they create. When someone says it's a shit sandwich, I'm like... Mm. Fucking right. <laughs> yeah, like, I was like, it's it's. Like, I can understand why people get protective over the places that they like. Like, someone will maybe watch this and be like, "What do you mean you don't like Hector's?" Mm. Like that sort of thing. So there, there'll be people that have opinions, but you can't please everyone can't at the end of the day. Yeah. It just it, look, it swings around. It finds what, what suits you yeah. as well, and like that one sandwich that you just fall in love with. Yeah, exactly. Um, in saying with that, like going about like the tribalism with food. Yeah. Um. Where do you draw a line at a sandwich? Like, when's a sandwich not a sandwich? Like, is it a bagel or is it like... No, nah, bagel sandwich. <laughs> bagel sandwich. Um, look, for me, this is, I have this argument every single day. <laughs> like, I'm not even kidding. Someone will ask me this question and I'll get really passionate about it. Mm. But a sandwich in the dictionary is uh, two slices of bread with <laughs> meats or condiments or vegetables in between. Yeah. So it, it is... Seen as two slices of bread. A burger doesn't count, unfortunately, because a burger is minced meat put into a patty in a bun. That's yeah. a burger. But with a sandwich, it's just anything between two slices of bread. But then they, they can, like, I think a taco is a sandwich, in, in my opinion, <laughs> or, 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 or a burrito is a sandwich. Because if you go to Mexico, that to them is their sandwich. Like, mm. I went to an Israeli cafe at the weekend. They do a thing called a sebek which is an Israeli sandwich, but it's a pitta. Mm. So it really just depends on the culture itself. Like, who am I to say that's not a fucking sandwich? Like, mm. Because that culture might think, well, this is our sandwich sort of thing. Um, I don't think a hot dog's a sandwich. <laughs> I don't think that's a sandwich at all. Uh, I I, people come up these Yeah, Because <laughs> yeah. I've had like people come um, message me. It's like, oh, come eat our glizzies. Like, come <laughs> gobble our glizzies. And I'm just like... Uh, yeah, it's not really on brand, but <laughs> 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 but I, I'll, I'll give it a whirl. But I think for for me, like the the whole niching with the sandwiches thing was just to kind of give me the start. Mm. I know eventually I'm going to run out of sandwiches. Yeah, so exactly. yeah. Like eventually I'm going to run out, too. so I'm, I'm going to either have to diversify or branch out a little bit more. Um, but I've got a plan in my head of wh where I'm going to go with that. But yeah, yeah I, I think I draw the line with like hot dogs. Yeah. Um, and, and that's about it, really. I think yeah. anything between bread can be a sandwich. Mm. Have you heard of 1800 lasagna? Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. Yes, so I messaged them the other day, they haven't replied. I was like, why don't we do a collab where mm. we put your lasagna in a sandwich, yeah, a sandwich or between garlic bread? Like, that would pop off. That would throw our backs when we were younger as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they didn't, didn't reply, left me on red. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, it's just, yeah, there's nothing just like just having a good sandwich. Oh. And then, like, people. And then some people would love a sandwich, but they won't like a bagel mm. as well. I don't understand that. I don't, understand I don't get the bagel thing. Like, I, I love mm. bagels. Yeah. I, I'm, I froth anything bread. But uh, I don't understand how people don't like a specific thing. But mm. I get, again, 
Each to their own. Each it? to their own. Yeah. Each to their own. You went back to like watching like Ready Steady Cook when you were younger. Yeah. And seeing like this charismatic dude who just loved food and getting mm. the crowd wild. Who was some of your other favorite, I guess, food influences or yeah. TV personalities that you kind of looked at and just wanted to be like or yeah. loved as well? Uh, um, one guy was Action Bronson. Oh, he's a king. We've oh, talked about him. Absolute Don. Like, yeah. I remember when I was obsessed with YouTube and like creating cooking with Ross and wanted to kind of, I wanted to be Action Action Bronson, yeah. but I'm just not cool enough. I'm not, a, <laughs> I'm not a rapper. I can't cook like him. But he was a, a big inspo to me of wanting to get into that sort of game. Like obviously, Ainsley Harriet sparked the fire. Mm. But then when I started watching um, Action Bronson, I was like, oh, I love his content. I love the way it's filmed. It's really sort of edgy and like mm. New York style mm. cinematic vibes. And then I stumbled across a page, and this is what actually made me start banging saying it. It was a page called Top Jaw. You know who Top Jaw no, are? So they're two guys, um, two English guys. Uh, one's called Jesse F, and one's called Will. And they have some of the best food content on YouTube, in my opinion. Like they do like 48 hours in Lisbon or 48 hours in London or best guides and stuff like that. And they'll, and it's so beautifully filmed and it's so well edited. And it's just like, y you get the personality across. Like Jesse's the guy on the camera and Will's mm -hmm. the guy who's filming. They have a really good rapport and they put like bloopers and like they take you on the journey sort of thing. And when I watched that, I was like, that is literally exactly what I want to do. I want to put my personality across in my content and hopefully someone has the same experience that I've had watching it. So when I saw that, I was like, right, I'm going to copy Top Jaw, <laughs> <laughs> but do it in more like short form. And then eventually when I find my own style and niche, I can create something in the same image, really. Mm. Um, and then Matty Madison as yeah, well. Yeah, the king. Absolute yeah. king. Like, and he just cracks me up because he's just so funny. Um, and then the same with me, those two. I just like would, like I'll be waiting... For fuck that's delicious to come out on the Monday, yeah, 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 and just watch and just wait and sit it there on a Monday morning and yeah. watch it as well. And, and then you know, Maddie Matheson's just funny. He's just so, so funny. funny, and he's like he's it's so effortless with him as well. Doesn't care what he says exactly, and and that's like that's humor you can't teach. It's yeah. just natural. Because um, like pe people think my my videos are scripted. They're they're not at all. Really, they just I just come out and say whatever is on my mind. Like I'll have an idea of what I might say in terms of when I introduce the show. Yep. But I'll just rock up and be like, right, what do I say? Like, there's maybe like 45 minutes mm. of, of content that you don't see because mm. I'm just pissing around, just trying to be funny. Yeah. And there's some things that don't hit and there's some things that do. Um, but to go back to your question about um, that sort of inspiration, Chef's Table's a massive... Yeah. I love Chef's Table, especially the pizza one. Mm. Like, that's that for me is how I want to showcase what i want to do in sort of that long long format mm. um and then also somebody feeds phil or um i don't know if you've watched that it's just yeah. some old guy go around eating food he's really endearing really funny to watch yeah. um so, 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 so stuff like that really mm. um has, has really inspired me but i think the biggest one has probably been top jaw just because it's two english guys who left their normal jobs mm. to go and pursue this um this filmmaking career and, and they they're killing it like yeah. they had the Jonas Brothers on the show the other day so it's just That's like sick. and I was just sitting there I was like, I love the Jonas Brothers <laughs> <laughs> they're all coming to yeah I know they well are. this is the thing when the, I tried to get tickets and I was going to make a sign because I wanted to get front row tickets I was going to make a sign because <laughs> I know Joe loves sandwiches yeah so I was like Joe please come eat a sandwich with me um, <laughs> but I, I could get tickets in the end so <laughs> um, and then the um, you know we can even go back to our cooking shows yeah like, they're always just a guilty pleasure 
I with love people. Them. Like you mentioned, Ready, Steady, Cook. Yeah. Like, oh, I've got nothing else to watch. I'll put on like SBS Food or something. Yeah, exactly. Or just like a cooking show on YouTube. Or Master Chef. Love Master Chef. Love Master um, Chef. Did you just watch Iron Chef? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nuts. Chaos. Love uh, Iron Chef. What's the one where they go into people's houses? Like it's just like ra- two randoms and they cook in the house. Oh, is that when they go to the shopping? Yeah, they're yeah, doing yeah, grocery yeah. and they go and yeah, shop. Yeah, cooking yeah. Dinner. Oh, I, don't, I, I can't remember what that's called. I remember two hairy bikers. Oh, two hairy oh, bikers. Oh, my that God. Well. That takes me back. <laughs> <If you're> that <laughs> is going way back as well. Yeah. Food was a big part of my life growing up. Like, yeah. Um, two Harry Barkers was unreal. yeah, that's a great show. Paul Hollywood as well. Yes, yeah, Paul Hollywood. Yeah. Anything Paul Hollywood baked, my mum mm. would froth it. Nigella Lawson, uh, <laughs> oof. <laughs> Nigella Lawson was. <laughs> so me, me and my dad used to watch Nigella Dawson on a Sunday when, when mum was family work, bonding. Yeah, yeah. So m- mum would sometimes work on a Sunday because yeah. she's a midwife. And if she wasn't home, me and my dad were watching Ida Lawson and it was like <laughs> two creepy old men watching TV. It was, it was so funny. Because <laughs> she's just so... Because she's like... As a kid, I think I was like 14 when I started watching Ida Lawson. Mm. I, was like, I was like, Dad, who is this woman? <laughs> just a stunning woman. So charismatic. She's like... She grabbed your attention. Obviously, Dad mm. just loved her because she was hot. Yeah. But like... I. I would watch her make the food and I was fascinated by it as well. So mm. it's just, yeah. It was the way they filmed it. They would play into that caveat exactly. of like, you know, yeah. a woman and yeah. like make the room steamy in the lamp. Yeah, like, yeah exactly. <laughs> they played well. into it, didn't they? <laughs> they definitely <laughs> played into it. Yeah. It was, yeah. There's such a great range of cooking shows mm. as well. Yeah. Where do you see like the Melbourne kind of, I guess, food and sandwich scene? Like in, in general, I know you've travelled a bit. So yeah. You'll probably have a little bit of say to this, but... Where do you see that stacks up, I guess, like America or food? <sighs> Look, I've, I've done the whole sort of America sort of um, food tour when I travelled yeah. um, there in 2018. Um, America, like, I've done New York as well. I've done all that sort of stuff. America is just like the bigger the better. Yeah. Sometimes they don't care about taste. It's just mm-hmm. like whatever can go viral will make I, it. I love how you say that because I hate when those novelty videos kind of come out. Yeah. It's like, here we have the biggest cheeseburger ever. But like Third Wave Cafe. Quality. Yeah, yeah. Oh, just that place pisses me off. <laughs> 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 it's just not like, I know it's not good. I've been so many times, it's not good. Mm. And they, they just try and do gimmicky stuff all the time yeah. to create a bit of a buzz. And I understand that because it's good for it's good for sales. It's like you need conversions with that sort of thing. But like with America, it's it's just all about who can go the most viral, and sometimes it's not about the quality of the food. Mm. Sometimes it is, but then again, like the price is absolutely extortionate. Like my friend sent me a video the other day, like most uh, popular sandwich in New York right now. It's like a vodka sauce, chicken schnitzel with, um, with uh, some form of like stracciatella cheese and loads of vodka sauce. It was like this big. It was enormous. It was like forty dollars. American, so that's like what sixty dollars here. Yeah, ridiculous for a sandwich, and that's the that's the American scene. It's just like they know people are going to come just because they want to they want to come. I think here, Australia has that beautiful charm mm. where they have those tiny little delis. Mm. Like Hectors is a is a great example because it's just a, a stereotypical Australian on deli. This corner, it's clean. Yeah, it's it's clean. right in the corner. It's in the middle of nowhere. It's got a minimalist menu. Everyone loves working there. Like, I, I look at, like, somewhere like Pellegrini's in the city, the, yeah. the, the pasta place. Like, that's an institution. And I think what what Melbourne is going through now is they're creating this sandwich culture, mm. which I don't think many people can rival it. Because if you go to any suburb now, there's, like, five or six delis there. Mm. Or, some, or some form of competition or variety 
in that sandwich space. And I think it's just going to keep going. Like I see a new deli popping up every week now. So it's, I, I won't run out of sandwiches anytime soon, yeah. hopefully. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I, I think sandwich-wise, like, I, I don't think many places can match yeah. it at yeah. the moment. No, definitely, definitely. Yeah. And it's great to hear that you won't run out of content. Yeah. Of content. <laughs> yeah. But I've got to ask, Subway, I mentioned it before. What's your Subway order? <laughs> right, so my Subway order is usually it's a chicken schnitzel, but then I'll add marinara sauce <laughs> and mozzarella cheese and red onion and I'll double toast it so it comes out like a like a parma. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> That's the yeah, so but I'll always put like little notes in like when you're ordering a Uber Eats yeah. and I'll put little notes and be like double toast it please. Yeah. Do not uh not <laughs> double toast it because I like it really crispy. Um but yeah, I usually just get cuz I, I I don't mind yeah, do Subway. Yeah, soft spot for I, it. Yeah. I, I, I used to live on Subway at you at college. Yeah. I, when I used to go, go to college, I'd get like uh, for Subways back in the UK would be like mm. Five pounds, so like yeah. ten dollars here, and you get a foot long, mm. and I just used to love it. <laughs> Tuna mayo was the main, the main order. My mum, when I would ask her to get me Subway when I was younger, would get me a tuna foot long. Yeah, yeah, and loved would, it. And I like would just like oh, righty, like, yeah. I love it. And then so. I'd get the crisps, and I'd layer the crisps inside the sandwich, <laughs> give it a bit more crunch. I would, I would never get vegetables for some reason because I, just, I just didn't like the look of them. Um, but yeah, like I, I don't hate Subway. I just, I don't like how. They say it's a foot long. It's not actually a foot long. Um, How do you measure it? Yeah, well, uh, it's like uh, like a couple of inches shorter than, <laughs> it, uh, than a foot, actually. Um, uh. But like the the f- the chicken isn't like proper chicken. Nah. Like they did like a measurement of the tuna. There was like thirty percent fish <laughs> in the tuna. So it's yeah. Like I'll only order Subway when I'm really drunk, <laughs> or, <laughs> oh, really? or I'm so hungover. Like because I just know it. I'm like I'm gonna enjoy it. It's yeah. just crap food. But there's one place that I absolutely adore. And like, I love it so much. It's the Schnitz, Schnitz Royal Chip Bay. Oh, oh, that would take you back to Grand oh, England. It's, it's magnifique. <laughs> it's, it's beautiful. I just think, like, it tastes of nothing. Like, it really doesn't. It tastes of salt, wetness, and crunch. Like, like it, that's not really taste. That's, that's, those are textures. But, um, <laughs> salt and wetness. Yeah, salt and wetness. <laughs> but I don't know what it is. I, I think, like, I'm a big believer that if, if, if a dish can make you can send you back to like a memory 100% like that's a very good dish um, and for some reason the schnitz royal chip bite it takes me back to the dinner table mm. at, on a Sunday roast where I'm making those Yorkshire pudding sandwiches mm. and I'll eat it and I'll just oh, it just tastes like it just tastes like home so I think it's that comfort feeling and making it yeah. you feel like all warm Tapping and fuzzy like I think th- and that's I think that's a big key in making good food is if you can spark those memories of someone. It's like Ratatouille. You've seen Ratatouille? Yeah, yeah. Where he eats that uh, Ratatouille and he's like, oh my God, takes him back to, to a child. I think that's very relevant to mm. any sort of food because some people will eat a, a, a sandwich from Subway and mm. absolutely froth it just like that because yeah. it reminds them of something that maybe they had as, at lunch as a kid. Yeah. So yeah, we went off a tangent there. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's exactly right. Like food has that power. Like yeah. And just, you know, obviously it brings people together mm. and it can take you back to a place. Oh, like we'd always eat this in my family Christmas yeah. or this sort of family event. And yeah. Like, or mum would make this unreal like cheesecake or something. Yeah. And yeah, everyone oh. would just take it back. And Stop. <laughs> 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 it's, um, yeah. It, and it's like so good to see because like, oh no, I see food creation and cookers, like oh, chefs or cooks on, it's allowing these like amateur sh- cooks and chefs to rise. Yeah. And then it also inspires other people to cook, which are a good thing. Mm. Like as well, so yeah. it's all like all good things. Yeah, and and I think like um, 
obviously the vir- vir- is vir- virality, is that a mm. word? Yeah. Oh, well, it is now. Um, of TikTok and what that does for chefs yeah. and people who want to get that food out. Because f- food on TikTok, I think it's like the third most searched it thing. to be. That's it's crazy. Instagram really yeah, it's it's, it's nuts. They have it's something like six hundred something mm. whatever mm. searches a day, and I just think like when you get those sort of young chefs mm. and and inspiring chefs like those are those as as long as it's engaging and it looks good, mm. like they do really well. Um, so yeah, I, I think food's only going to get better yeah. with the more eyes that that see it and inspire other people to do it. Exactly, yeah. I love that French uh, Canadian bloke or French bloke Laurent. Dugnay, do you say him? He always like chucks a spoon behind, and he like. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He did one with Andy Hearn, and, and then another like TV sh- uh, chef like Jacob Blavich. Oh, like really? Long hair with the glasses yeah. on YouTube. Like it's like that's sick because they all kind of pretty much. Even though Andy had like a chef's background like, on yeah. YouTube together, yeah, and fan content, and they just all there together in one. See, video. I love cool. it when people like that collaborate. As yeah, well, it's, sick. It's, it's like it's like if I ever saw someone like. Like for example, we talk, I spoke about Top Jaw. Yeah. Like if they collaborated with another person that I would watch, yeah. I'd, it's like me going to the Jonas Brothers. It'd be like that sort of fangirling yes. sort of moment. Um, but like, funny to say about that collab thing earlier, um, one of the contestants from MasterChef this year has reached out to me to I do to, to do a yeah. series um, with the MasterChef. Well, it hasn't been guaranteed that the rest <laughs> of them will do it yet, but we said we'd do one together in her kitchen. Mm. And eventually, kind of move into that series of the different MasterChef people doing it as That's well. Sweet. So yeah, that uh, that would be quite fun oh, if they, we can get it off the line. Keep an eye out for that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as we wrap this episode up, brother, yep. um, where do you see yourself and Banging Tangers in like five years' time? I always ask this question to guests and like to see where they hopefully take the aspirations. But where do you see it, mate? Look, I dream big. I think <laughs> if, you, if you can't, if you don't dream big, you're not doing it right. Um, and I always look at what I would love to be doing very end mm. for me it would, i'd love to be in the media doing something with food whether that's presenting or being like a uh, sort of foodie travel vlogger or something like that I, f- I feel now i've found my calling and there's something that i'm really passionate about so as long as it's something food media related and i'm making people laugh and mm. bringing joy to the world mm. um that's what i'd love to be doing um but the uh, the end goal for me like five years time is is have my own deli. Yes. Like, that would be a, an absolute dream if mm. I could do that and have something that's mine because I've mm. never been my own boss. I've never oh. had the ability to tell someone to shut the fuck up. <laughs> 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 I've always wanted to have something that's mine mm. and I think for me that's probably my biggest goal is to eventually have something that I can call mine. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and then maybe other people will be reviewing your scene. Exactly. I'll bring them in. If they don't like them, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Ross, thank you so much. No mate. Worries, bro. I really enjoyed this chat. Yeah, me too, mate. Thank you, mate. Yeah, have a great night.